welcome to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. Each week, you will encounter me, Daniel Gundlach, as your host, guiding you along a magical route that will bring us closer to the voices of those singers that most enchant and transform us, no matter what else is going on in the world. Thank you for joining me on that path. This week's episode. Hi there, everybody. I think today's main subject is the first singer to be featured on Counter Melody who had a dance named after her. Now everybody's twisting and a pony too. I'm speaking, of course, of the inimitable, the beloved, the transcendent Tina Turner, who, as we all know, was the best. mentioned last week when I paid a very brief tribute to Tina, who died last week in Switzerland at the age of 83, that I would be featuring her in some way or other on the next podcast episode. And lo and behold, that day has arrived, that podcast episode is here, and I have figured out my own distinctive way to pay tribute to this beloved artist who changed the face not only of music, but also of our culture. Through her association with Ike Turner, she was the early voice of rock and roll, and later in an unbelievable career resurgence in the 1980s, the biggest star in the world and the queen of rock and roll. Even in her very earliest recordings, you already hear what a force of nature that voice was.
much of this repertoire written in the early years of the Ike and Tina Turner Review was written by Ike Turner, who plucked Anna Mae Bullock from obscurity and chose her to become his wife and partner and, most distressingly, his punching bag. I am not going to say anything in defense of Ike Turner, but we do need to observe that he was a very important figure in the early days of rock and roll. His contribution was never properly acknowledged, and whether his personality was as explosive and volatile as it was because of that neglect, or if it was always a component of his personality, it is for that that he will forever be remembered, much to his shame. On the other hand, Tina was so many things to so many people, To black girls, she was an inspiration. To abused women, she was an example of how one could overcome and rise above the horrible circumstances that abused women around the world experienced. But for me, her primary importance is as a singer and one who not just overcame hardship, but was the voice of rock and roll. I have been agonizing over what kind of tribute I could pay to Tina that might cause us to examine her under a slightly different light. And I decided that the way to do this would be to contextualize her as one of a large number of female African-American singers who chose Europe as their home, either permanently or at a formative point in their lives and careers. And as I'm always reaching back into history to provide examples, I'm going to offer, for starters, three of my very favorite singers who went on to live long lives, at least a portion of which were spent in Europe. The great Alberta Hunter, whose career as a jazz and blues singer began in the early 1920s, and who also penned the legendary song Downhearted Blues, which has been covered by so many singers, retired from singing in the late 1950s to care for an ailing mother. And after a career working as a nurse for nearly 20 years, in 1977 resumed her career in the United States at the age of 82. And from then on until her death in 1984, experienced Another extraordinary career resurgence, this time as a fun-loving, rollicking, and extraordinarily vivacious blues singer. As this is the beginning of Gay Pride Month, it should also be mentioned that Alberta Hunter was a lesbian who lived very much under the radar and yet openly with her partner Lottie Taylor, who was the niece of the comedian and singer Burt Williams. They were together for many years until Tyler's death. But when Alberta Hunter left for France in 1927, she was in the company of her lover, Lottie Tyler. There were a number of female black pop artists in the 20s and 30s who emigrated to Europe, generally but not always through France. Alberta Hunter ended up in the UK in the 1930s and was a popular singer on the cafe concert circuit. 
She made a number of recordings in the 1930s in the UK, of which we're going to hear one called Two Little Flies on a Lump of Sugar by Sammy Fain and Irving Cajal. Now, on these recordings, there was generally a big, long instrumental introduction, followed by a vocal refrain, followed by the return of the orchestral section. I've edited the opening and closing parts out, so it's actually a very short excerpt that we're going to hear right now, but it shows inimitably the wonderful charisma and charm of Alberta Hunter. Once a week, we see a movie from the very cheapest seat. But like two little flies on a lump of sugar, we'll find it all so sweet. When we share a maple sundae, we consider it a treat. And like two little flies on a lump of sugar, we'll find it all so sweet. Maybe tomorrow morning, I'll open up my eyes to find our dreams have all come true. But till tomorrow morning, I'm gonna be employed making love to lovely little you. Life is ever milk and honey in the moonlight when we meet. But like two little flies on a lump of sugar, we'll find it all so sweet. A singer whom I have featured numerous times on the podcast, and one who is extremely dear to my heart, is Elizabeth Welch, who followed that same career trajectory that Alberta Hunter did, first appearing on the Broadway stage in shows that included the Chocolate Dandies and, even more significantly, Blackbirds of 1928. When Blackbirds traveled to the Moulin Rouge in Paris, both Welch and Josephine Baker were among the company. And while we all know how Josephine Baker found her permanent home in France, it's interesting to see what transitional role France played in the career of Elizabeth Welch, who, following her engagement at the Moulin Rouge, began to sing in Parisian cabarets. She was asked to return to New York to appear in Cole Porter's review, The New Yorkers, where she sang the song Love for Sale, one which became associated with her throughout her career. Cole Porter was quite taken with her performance and asked her to create a role in his show Nymph Errant, which premiered in London in 1933. Welch chose to remain in the UK appearing in the show Glamorous Night by Ivor Novello, singing the song As Time Goes By in her cabaret acts long before it was heard in the film Casablanca, and appearing in films opposite Paul Robeson, as well as additional appearances in musicals in the West End. During the Blitz in London, she entertained the armed forces as a member of a company formed by John Gilgood and remained active as a singer and performer long into old age, making her final appearance at the age of 92. 
Though her sexuality is also somewhat veiled, she is spoken of by scholars as one of a group of queer black artists active in London in the 1930s. She's more understated than Alberta Hunter, and she also is a less jazzy singer, if you will. In 1976, she made a recording for EMI Records in which she revisited many of the songs from earlier in her career, including Love for Sale, which we hear in this updated version. When the only sound in the empty street is the heavy tread of the heavy feet that belong to a lonesome cop, I open shop. When the moon so long has been gazing down on the wayward ways of this wayward town, that her smile becomes a smirk, I go to work. And still unspoiled, love that's only slightly soiled, love for sale. We'll buy. Who would like to sell? In their childish way I know every type of love Better far than they If you want the thrill of love I've been through the mill of love Old love, new Another singer who more or less followed the same career path as Elizabeth Welch was the great Adelaide Hall, who appeared in a number of very important black musicals, including Shuffle Along, Runnin' Wild, Chocolate Kitties, and Tan Town Topics. 
1927, she made a number of recordings with Duke Ellington, and in 1928, took over the lead in Blackbirds of 1928, when Florence Mills, the star who was planned to headline the show, died of pneumonia. She also toured Blackbirds in Paris, but subsequently returned to the U.S., where her career resumed in the early 1930s. In 1935, she returned to Paris, where she rivaled Josephine Baker in significance and importance. In 1938, she moved to London, where she spent the rest of her life, dying at the age of 92 in the year 1993. As with the previous two women, she had a wonderful late career resurgence and was dearly beloved by her audiences. In 1976, she also made an album for EMI Records, this of Duke Ellington Standards, of which I'm going to play for you her extraordinary performance of Prelude to a Kiss. If you hear a song in Like a flower crying for the dew That was my heart serenading you A prelude to a kiss If you hear a song that grows Was my heart trying to compose a prelude to a kiss? Though it's just a simple melody with nothing fancy, nothing of you who follow the podcast know there was another black singer muriel smith who spent formative years of her career in the uk and i invite you to check out either of the two full episodes that i devoted to her 
In doing my preparation for today's episode, I also discovered another singer who has completely rocked my world, Bertice Redding. She lived from 1933 to only 1991, but a significant part of her career was spent in Europe, and specifically in London. She also appeared on both Broadway and the West End in both straight plays and musicals and had a voice that could do pretty much anything, from jazz and blues through to a disco version of Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. I've already written her into my long list of singers who have to, have to, have to get their own episode on Counter Melody. But for today, I'm just going to play you a single song of hers that was made in London in 1955 of J.C. Johnson's song, Bessie Smith Blues. She's accompanied here by Peter Knight and his orchestra. I can't wait to give you more Bertice Redding at some point in what I hope will be the relatively near future. The blues can be poison Make you feel so awful Yet the blues can be poison Make you feel so awful bad It's the loneliest feeling Poor Bessie ever had
One final UK-based singer that I would like to introduce you to today is Selena Jones, whom I have previously featured just once on the podcast, but who has also made a really deep impression on me. She was born Joan Elizabeth Shaw in 1938, and at the age of 85 is one of the singers heard today who is still with us. She made early appearances under her birth name, Joan Shaw, and won a talent contest as a young girl at the Apollo Theater, eventually disenchanted with life in the increasingly racist United States. Joan Shaw relocated to the UK and renamed herself Selena Jones. This is her explanation of how that name came to be. I loved Sarah Vaughan so much and adored Lena Horne's elegance. I put them together as Selena. It looked good, and I kept Joan in Jones. And that's how Selena Jones was born. Though she toured the world over and became especially popular in Japan after her first appearance there in the late 70s, she remains a resident of England and has made more than 40 recordings. We're going to hear one of her early recordings as Selena Jones, a version of a song that I particularly love, although David tells me it's not one of my favorites. But I love it and I don't care. It's Fred Neal's Everybody's Talkin', which of course became most famous when it was used in the soundtrack of Midnight Cowboy, where it was performed by Harry Nielsen. I love this version that Selena Jones does, which was arranged and conducted by her husband, Keith Mansfield, and released in 1970. Everybody's talking at me I don't hear a word they're saying Only the echoes of my mind People stop and stare at me Now we're going to move to Germany and to the black female singers who emigrated there from the United States. 
The first of these is the singer, dancer, actor Vicki Henderson, who lived from 1926 to 2015. According to some source materials, she was born in Jamaica, but other places say Alabama, and I suspect it's the latter that is correct, because in many of her film and cabaret appearances, she performed music that had a Caribbean twist to it. She was discovered by accident working as an elevator operator at the Waldorf Astoria, where she subsequently also appeared in the nightclub there as both a dancer and eventually also as a singer. She performed with Catherine Dunham's troupe and appeared in the ensemble of that legendary musical Finian's Rainbow on Broadway in 1947. When that engagement ended, she made her way to Europe, where, in Ghent, she met a Swiss businessman named Joseph Loriol, and in 1950, the two of them married. He became her manager, and he created opportunities for his wife in various Swiss nightclubs, where she became known as the Schwarzen Perle des Varietés. She became established as an exotic dancer along the lines of Josephine Baker, and from the late 1950s appeared in various German musical films. One of those island-tinged tunes which she sang in one of those movies, Der Große Bär hat sieben kleine Sterne, was also released as a single and entered the top ten hit list in the year 1959. After the death of her son, she retired from show business and died in the year 2015. Now let's hear her in that song, Der Große Bär hat sieben kleine Sterne from the film Freddy, Die Gitarre und das Meer. Der große A singer and 
and entertainer from a slightly later period of time named Beauty Milton. She was born in 1942, and as far as I can tell, she is still with us, and will celebrate her 81st birthday in September. She was discovered when, on a trip to Vienna, she broke into song in a local bar and was taken under the wing of a producer. In 1964, she appeared in the series The Rudy Carell Show, which was an important variety show in both the Netherlands and Germany. She appeared both in films and on television and was married to the German soccer player Wolfgang John. Beauty Milton had a number of German language hits, including this next one, Es liegt an dir, from the year 1968. This is very much in the vein of music that singers like Petula Clark and Dusty Springfield were performing in those years. Deine Lippen bleiben stumm und ich frage mich warum muss das bei uns beiden singer who was roughly contemporary with Beauty Milton is the African-American Betty Dorsey, who was born in 1945 in Baltimore and died there in March 2020. In between, however, she spent the majority of her career and life in Germany. Initially, she came to Germany on a Fulbright scholarship in the year 1968, after studying history and German at Harvard. During her early years in Germany, she took greater interest in the local jazz clubs than she did in her studies. And in 1969, she appeared as Bess at the Opera House in Mainz. She was also a familiar figure on German television, including as the host of her own television show. In the 1970s, she was married to the artist Jürgen Möbius, and afterwards with a German property manager named Arthur Prechtel. After his death in 2013, she moved back to Baltimore, where she died of Parkinson's in the year 2020. Now, Betty Dorsey, at least on the basis of the recordings that she made, was more of a Schlager singer than the other women that we've heard 
1975, she had a big hit with the somewhat tacky story song, Sing Silver Queen, about an unfortunate woman who works in a saloon. Except for the American setting of the story, this is a song that could have been sung by nearly anybody. But she has a nice voice, and she had a significant career in Germany. This one of enormous historical importance is named Olive Moorfield. She was born in 1932 in Pittsburgh, and this August will celebrate her 91st birthday. She actually appeared on Broadway in the chorus of the infamous slash notorious show My Darling Aida, set to themes from Verdi's opera and set in the Deep South. 
in case I have to spell it out for you. My darling Aida. Get it? From there, she moved to Vienna in 1953 and became an important member of the Wiener Volksoper, where she appeared in the first performances there of the lead roles in both Cole Porter's Kiss Me Kate and Leonard Bernstein's Wonderful Town, a magnificent early example of colorblind casting. But she also was a full-fledged opera singer, appearing opposite William Warfield at the Volksoper when he returned to the role of Porgy and Bess in the early 1960s. So her importance is very much assured, but in her early years in Europe, she was reduced to playing some very vampy film roles and making a number of somewhat embarrassing recordings, including a German-language version of Tequila. You know, it's what was available and offered to black singers in those years. But I did find a rare 45 that was called Broadway Parade, which included very few Broadway songs, in fact, but a dizzying potpourri of American songs. I have very kindly gone in and edited out all of the orchestral numbers, the chorus numbers, and I'm going to just play for you the relevant parts in which Olive Moorfield sings. And she sings three songs, all in German. The first is South of the Border, Down Mexico Way, followed by You Are My Lucky Star, and concluding with Cole Porter's Night and Day. It's clear that this is a voice of exceptional quality. Aus bei der Ferne von Mexiko Klingt unvergesslich schön ein Lied und macht mein Herz so schwer. Ich fühle mich so einsam. Die Welt ist so leer. Hör ich die Lieder von Mexiko So viele Jahre ist das nun schon Und mein Herz wollte, dass er einmal wieder bei mir wäre. Denn diese Erinnerung, die schmerzt mich so sehr. Hör ich die Lieder von Mexiko Zeiten leiten. 
Seitdem ich dich gefunden, werden Stunden zu Sekunden. Du sollst mein Glückstern sein. Tag und Nacht denk ich an gibt's keinen anderen Menschen für mich. Bist du weit auch fort von mir, Liebling, immer zu träum ich von dir, ich denk an dich. Tag und Nacht, Tag und Nacht, sei ich dein Bild vor mir, all mein immer sein, bis du zu mir kommst und endlich sagst, ich bin ewig dein. Tag und Nacht. Speaking of voices of exceptional quality, we now encounter the opera singer Felicia Weathers. She was born in St. Louis in the year 1937, and like Olive Moorfield, is still with us. After her studies at IU, she moved to Europe, where she was first engaged at the Opera House in Kiel, and later from the years 1963 through 1970 at the Hamburger Staatsoper. She also appeared in San Francisco, in the Met, and all of the big international opera companies. She also had a major recording contract with London Decca Records, for whom she made a number of recital discs, including a pop album called Liebe, Love, L'Amour, which has what must be the most perfect record cover of all time. Now, I'm just going to take a moment here to make a few announcements regarding my Patreon page. First of all, I would like to thank my longtime supporters, Joni and Tom, for increasing their monthly support and also to welcome Germaine as a new supporter. For those of you who would like to join in with these marvelous persons, please go to patreon.com countermelody and you can make a monthly or yearly pledge. Lately, I have been offering weekly bonus episodes, which feature rare LPs from my personal collection. And this week, I will be presenting that very record of Felicia Weathers's that I was just speaking about, Liebe, Love, L'Amour, which features international film successes, including Wizard of Oz, Moulin Rouge, Funny Girl, Breakfast at Tiffany's, and Three Coins in the Fountain. How can you resist this? You don't have to resist. In fact, what better time to support the podcast, which is just about to celebrate its 200th episode. That's reason enough to pledge your support, isn't it? As I've said before, if I weren't producing it, I'd be supporting it. I hope you feel the same way. 
Right now, I'm going to offer you an excerpt from that record, Felicia Weathers singing her inimitable version of Never on Sunday, in which she is accompanied by Harold M. Kirchstein und sein Orchester. The recordings from 1968. Oh, you can kiss me on a Monday, a Monday, a Monday is very, very good. Or you can kiss me on a Tuesday, a Tuesday, a Tuesday, in fact, I wish you would. Or you can kiss me on a Wednesday, a Thursday, a Friday, and Saturday is best. But never, never on a Sunday, a Sunday, a Sunday, cause that's my day of rest. Most that example that we heard Felicia Weathers sing was from the year 1968, so is the next selection. This is from the original production in Munich of Haare, better known elsewhere in the world as Hair. The young singer Donna Gaines was featured in the cast and introduced the world to the German language version of the song Wassermann, better known as Aquarius. And that singer, Donna Gaines, is better known to the world as Donna Summer, who, some people might forget, began her career over in Germany. In fact, her name, Summer, is a slight respelling of the name of her German husband, Helmut Sommer. When you hear her wailing above the chorus in the refrain, you will also be reminded that Donna Summer was a trained opera singer.
Now we're going to examine some of the most important African-American singers to make their homes in France. It's an impressive triumvirate spanning more than 80 years. We begin, of course, with Josephine Baker, whom everybody knows, I think, that I adore almost as much as I adore Tina Turner. Actually, if we're being really, really exact about it, I might love her even a little bit more than I love Tina. Shh, don't tell anybody. I am proud to present Josephine to you today in a live late career performance at the Golden Orpheus Festival in Bulgaria, performing the song Quand je pense à ça, which was written for her by Pierre Spierre and Roger Desbois. She introduces the song in French, explaining to her audience how much she is distressed about things going on in Vietnam and other places in the world, and offers this song up as a prayer for peace. And she ends with the heartfelt cry, Mon Dieu. And if you're not too tired, vous êtes fatigué? C'est vrai? Montrez-le-moi. <laughs> oh my God! Oh my God! Je vais vous laisser un message d'amour maintenant. Si, un message d'amour, madame. L'amour d'amitié. Parce que voyez-vous, je suis assez, disons-nous directement, embêtée. J'aime pas ce qui se passe. Je pense à Vietnam. Je pense aussi à Biafran. Tout ça, ça m'ennuie. Écoutez. Quand je pense à ça, quand je pense à ça, quand je pense à les raisons qui nous ont séparés, je n'aime plus ni la vie ni Dieu qui nous a fait pour nous entretuer sans un regret. Quand je pense à ça, quand je pense à ça, quand je pense à ceux qui souffrent si loin de leur foyer, je voudrais les revenir et demain retrouver à tout jamais, à tout jamais la paix. Quand je pense à cet espoir qui nous est refusé, quand je pense à cette joie qu'on pourrait donner, oui, quand je pense, quand je pense à ça. Oh, 
désir Je crois en votre foi Pour nous unir Non, je ne crois pas Non, je ne crois pas Que l'âme est aussi fou ne jamais pleurer Sur ce qui meurt sans avoir pu s'aimer, il faut trouver la paix, il faut donner la paix. Oh, 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 I have not yet done a full episode on Nina Simone. She is a volcanic, gargantuan figure whose importance really cannot be overstated. She became a singer when she couldn't get employment as a classical pianist, and she became a willful, eccentric, radical, path-breaking musician and human being. Nina Simone spent periods of time in her life in Barbados, in Liberia, in the Netherlands, in London, in Switzerland, and in France, first in Paris, and then settling near Aix-en-Provence for the last 10 years of her life. I would say that in a completely different way, Nina Simone changed the face of both music and culture in as significant a way as did Tina Turner, but it was a much less user-friendly way. She was a difficult person, but an absolutely brilliant musician. And I'm going to offer up today her 1965 recording of Jacques Brel's Ne me quitte pas. Ne me quitte pas. Il faut oublier tout. Pas oublier. Qui s'enfouit déjà. Oublier le temps des malentendus et le temps perdu. À savoir comment oublier ces heures qui tuaient parfois coups de pourquoi le cœur du bonheur ne me quitte pas, ne me quitte pas, ne me quitte pas, ne me quitte pas. Moi, je t'affirmais des pales de pluie venues de pays où il ne pleut pas. Je creuserai la terre jusqu'après ma mort Pour couvrir ton corps doré de lumière Je ferai en demain où l'amour sera roi Où l'amour sera loi, où tout sera règne Ne me quitte pas Ne me quitte pas Ne me quitte pas Ne me quitte pas T'inventerai tes mots insensés que tu comprendras. Je te parlerai de ces amants-là qui ont vu deux fois le cœur s'embraser. Je te raconterai l'histoire de ce bois mort, de n'en vois pas pu te rencontrer. 
jazz musicians have also settled or spent significant amounts of time in France. And one singer who has settled in France is the magnificent Didi Bridgewater, who remains active today and whose career has spanned more than 50 years, and which included a Tony for her appearance as Glinda in the original cast of The Wiz. She's also appeared in the musical Sophisticated Ladies and as Billie Holiday in the show Lady Day. Dee Dee Bridgewater is a goodwill ambassador to the UN's Food and Agriculture Organization, actively fighting and campaigning against world hunger. Another thing that I so deeply appreciate and admire about Dee Dee Bridgewater is her dedication and foregrounding of her musical ancestors, including figures like Billie Holiday and Josephine Baker. On her 2017 album, Memphis, Yes, I'm Ready, she also includes a tribute to Tina Turner. This is her version of I Can't Stand the Rain, which was a cornerstone of Tina's 1984 private dancer record. I can't stand the rain against my window Bringing back sweet memories Hey window Do you remember How sweet you used to be Just one sound that I just can't. 
against my window Bringing back sweet memories I can't stand that rain on my window Cause he ain't here with me Turn to Tina. I don't think there's too much I need to say about her that I haven't already said and that hasn't already been said, except to briefly tell you about my first encounter with the powerhouse that was Tina Turner. I was probably about 11 or 12 years old, and I happened to catch a performance of her doing Proud Mary on TV. Now, I was a kid who had no time for pop music. Not really. I was much more interested at that age in the music of Britain and particularly Mahler. But man, there was something about Tina that gripped me. And I will never forget seeing that Proud Mary on TV. I'll never forget it. In fact, ever since then, she has always been one of my very favorite pop performers. And I only regret that I never got to see her live. Because those stadium shows, man, that was Tina at her incredible best. So I'd like to just present a number of songs for you that you may or may not have already encountered Tina performing. First, we must remember where Tina came from, a tiny little town called Nutbush, which she commemorated not necessarily all that affectionately in her 1973 song, Nutbush City Limits. A church house, gin house, a schoolhouse, outhouse, on highway number 19. The people keep the city clean. They call it Nutbush. Oh, Nutbush. On a Nutbush City Limits. 
I've spoken about how much Tina was her own musician, her own artist, even when Ike was keeping her very much under his abusive thumb. What's strange is that he wrote a lot of songs for her that supposedly celebrated her independence and self-assertion, including this one, Too Much Woman for a Henpecked Man, that appeared on their 1970 album, Come Together. In 1974, Tina released her first solo album. It might surprise you to hear that it was a country album. But there it is. Tina turns the country on. Now, at that time, she also recorded a group of country songs which were not released until a number of years later, including this one, which I think must be the most enraged version I have ever heard of Stand By Your Man.
thank goodness she didn't stand by this jerk, right? She went off on her own and labored for many years in relative obscurity. Both before and after she left Ike, she had appeared as a guest on first the Sonny and Cher show, and then, after they were divorced, on the Cher show. And in 1975, she and Cher appeared in a legendary episode in which they duet on the popular disco song of the era, Shame, Shame, Shame. It's kind of wonderful, the friendship these two women shared, both in the mid-70s, divorced from their overbearing partners, and both subject to a great deal of disdain from the general public. And yet, look at what they did with their lives. As the Germans say, hoot up. I take my hat off to both of them. so good to me. I wish it a too. divorce from Ike and her resurgence in the mid-1980s, Tina continued to make solo albums, which bear re-examination. They are not the most stunning releases of her career, but there are some highlights, including from the 1979 release Love Explosion, this version of that popular song, Backstabbers. Everybody's 
undergo a turnaround when she appeared with the techno group the British Electric Foundation in their hit song Ball of Confusion. It's a protest song that calls out many of the world's ills. It's shocking when you listen to the words to realize how timely these issues remain. People moving out, people moving in, why? Because of the color of the skin. Run, run, run. Just can't hide. And I thought I'd two for two. Vote for me, and I'll set you free. Rabble. In 1983, 
The tide had turned, and Tina's career was on the upswing. It was set in motion by an appearance on London television with the group Heaven 17, who worked with her on a number of tracks on her forthcoming album, Private Dancer. This is from that live television appearance, and this is her cover of the Al Green song, Let's Stay Together. It's one of her best live performances ever. You can just feel the life force welling up in her. Let me say since, babe, since we've been together, loving you forever. So all I need, let me be the one you'll come running to. life force and she was an original and she became the biggest rock star of the day 
But even before that happened, she was putting her stamp on work that remains vital to this day. I'm turning now to a live performance of the Ike and Tina Turner Review in Paris in 1971. They had recorded and released the Beatles song, Come Together, and Tina had something very distinctive to offer in this and many other of the songs that she covered, including What's Love Got to Do With It. She puts a particular spin on this song, though, that I think is appropriately enough legendary.
I'm so glad you joined me today. This was not a typical counter melody episode, but I think you can tell how much I loved this artist and the other singers that we heard today as well. And I hope that it put Tina's career in an interesting context for you. Let us raise a glass to the queen of rock and roll. I just love her so much. And I'm so sorry that her last years, she was in a lot of pain and suffering. I'm glad that pain is gone. I feel sorry for her husband. And I feel sorry for us because she's no longer part of this world. But her music will live on forever. And I offer this, the opening track from her 1984 Private Dancer album, in tribute to the great Tina Turner. This is I Might Have Been Queen. And when she sings about being the sole survivor on the river, you know what she's talking about. I'm a new Dear friends, keep the song in your hearts. I'm Daniel Kuntlach.